Welcome to the Respectful Divorce Podcast. I'm your host today, Tim Crouch. If you're considering a divorce, it's important to know that you have options for how you divorce. On the Respectful Divorce Podcast, we explore those options and provide advice from divorce professionals. On today's edition of the Respectful Divorce Podcast, we're talking with members of Collaborative Divorce Solutions of Orange County, also known as CDSOC. Joining us today are Therese Fay, a collaborative divorce attorney, Carol Hughes, a mental health professional and divorce coach, and Christine Rushing, a certified divorce financial professional. Thank you all for joining us for today's podcast. Nice to be here. Thanks for having us, Kim. So let me let me begin, first of all, by asking a simple question, and any of you can can start the, this response. But but what is CDSOC or Collaborative Divorce Solutions of, of Orange County and and what do you do? It's an educational nonprofit um, that has existed for about 20 years, and uh, our, our mission is to educate the public and other professionals about collaborative divorce. Um, our focus is on family law cases, and um, we, we help hone each other's skills and um, and educate non-professionals about the processes that are available for divorce aside from litigation. So you're not a, a firm, you're individuals with your own practices who have come together into this not-for-profit organization. Is that right? That's correct. Nor are we a referral group. Okay. Or networking group. Our purpose, as Therese said, is to educate the public and other professionals uh, who serve uh, clients about out-of-court, peaceful, family-focused divorce processes. So your group is made up of, of divorce professionals. And would you kind of talk about, about each of the professions that are part of the collaborative divorce process and maybe your roles individually in that uh, as collaborative professionals? I'll start. So I'm a, a mental health professional licensed in California, and uh, I've been involved with the collaborative divorce movement since uh, 2003 when our, our practice group was formed. And I serve as either a child specialist, uh, working with the children, bringing their voice into the divorce process, uh, or a divorce coach, which is working with the parents and helping them learn communication skills, uh, how to create co-create agreements together, uh, manage their um, expectations, co-create a co-parenting plan. And uh, then I also serve as a family specialist sometimes, which combines the role of divorce coach and child specialist. So I would be neutral to both parents and then of course work with the children as well. And I serve on uh, the collaborative teams, which are comprised of the two collaborative attorneys, a neutral financial specialist, and then a, at least one mental health professional. We all work together as a team to help the families achieve what they want to achieve in their divorce process. Yeah. Christine, what the role of the financial professional? What is that about? 
Um, well, I'll piggyback on that very last thing that Carol mentioned as far as helping the families achieve what they want to achieve. So one of the things that we're doing is really getting an understanding of where the families are and what they are looking, you know, what their goals are for their family on the other side of the divorce. Um, so as far as the financial process goes, we're helping them understand kind of the, the big financial picture, right, where they are, what they have understand the options that they might have for, say, dividing their assets and debts and setting up support and understanding what the implications are of each of those different options so that they can make um, really intelligent decisions that fit with their goals. And, and then, Teresa, how is the attorney role different from what an attorney normally does in a, in a divorce case? Well, um, the simple answer is attorneys are held to the same ethical standard that they would be in a litigation case when they're doing collaborative work. Um, it's a common misconception that somehow we don't act like regular lawyers, which is not true. Um, so we provide legal information. We draft legal documents. We uh, prepare the, the judgment, which is the formal agreement that gets filed with the court and any other court filings for that matter. We still provide legal information to the clients and discuss with them legal implications of decisions that they are asked to make. And so we are full service in the sense of being family law attorneys. But I think the key is we act as co-equals with the other professionals on the team. And we do what we are trained to do. The mental health professionals acting in their various capacities do what they're best trained to do. And then the financials do what they're best trained to do. So with the benefit of the input from those other professionals, we really are able to look at our clients' needs and wants and goals with the benefit of information that typically isn't as fully available in a litigated case. So if I'm a client and I'm looking at all of these professionals that are going to be part of the divorce, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, this is going to be really expensive. Uh, from what I understand, that's that's something of a common misconception is it's not as expensive when you bring in the mental health professional and the financial professional uh, for a number of reasons. Why, why is it less expensive than litigation might be? So the research that the International Academy of Collaborative Professionals has done uh, indicates that uh, the same divorce, if it were in litigation versus in the collaborative process, is about 60% of what the case would have cost in litigation or less, 60% or less. And the reason is because typically the financial neutrals and the mental health professionals bill at a lower rate than the attorneys do. And we have, as as uh, uh, Therese was saying, we have expertise that the attorneys don't have, and the attorneys have expertise that the financials and mental health professionals don't have. And so we're all working in our area of expertise. So it means that the clients are getting more expertise for the basic needs that they're saying, you know, that they have and we see that they have. So it's it's less expensive for that reason. And it's more effective because we're helping the clients, always helping the clients 
learning how to what we call co-create their agreements. And it isn't someone telling them what their agreements are going to be. And so it's also more uh, financially uh, effective because the research shows that in collaborative, that the agreements that the parents make or the clients, if they don't have children, are more durable than if they're in a different process like litigation. Uh, I, I could also chime in about, about that. Um, part of the reason, a large part of the reason why many cases take so long to resolve, as most cases do uh, eventually, is, are the emotions that are involved. And so many of the decisions that people are asked to make in their divorces come down to business decisions, but they see them from a more emotional perspective. And so the mental health professionals are very helpful in getting people to think from the part of their brain that enables them to think in a more, in a more business-like manner. And the financials are, are also, all of the neutrals are very helpful at at assisting the clients in thinking in that way, which is really a shift from the way many litigants think in the in the heat and the and the rush and and the um, sometimes unnecessary waiting for resolution in a litigated case. Uh, and and that the financial neutral sort of resolves, I think, maybe where some of the greatest fears lie in the in, in this question about how will I survive financially after this divorce? Uh, how do you do that? <laughs> well, you're absolutely right. There's a lot of fear surrounding all of those financial unknowns. And, you know, we're taking a look at um, what future budgets might look like, what income is available, and really kind of laying out a plan for their uh, what their financial future might look like to give them some um, something they can rely on for making decisions. Because without that information presented in front of them, it's really difficult. So let me just ask each of you, uh, what attracted you to collaborative divorce? Or, or why did you gravitate toward this area of practice? I'll start. Um, my training is in family therapy. And over the years, working alongside attorneys who were only litigating in those days, I could see the sometimes not intended destruction that happened in families in, in the litigation process. And it was very frustrating to me. And when I heard about the collaborative divorce process that was family focused, as I said earlier, a peaceful, respectful process that was empowering clients where they were making their own decisions versus attorneys and litigation are often telling their clients to, this is a good deal, do this, do that, don't do that. Or it ends up with the judge making that decision. And I've always, not to be disrespectful to the court, but I've also always said that a stranger in a black robe doesn't have to live with whatever he or she orders. So to me, it was about the peacemaking and empowering parents to make the best decisions for their children and for themselves, because they have to live with you know what, what they're creating, and they should be the ones in charge, not strangers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and Christine, what attracted you to collaborative? 
the idea that people could explore more options when it comes to how they want to uh, reach a settlement, right? A lot more goal-oriented as opposed to that litigation approach of, hey, what can we get? What does the law say? Um, and rather taking a step back and looking at what makes sense for them and their family. And then, Teresa, I assume you've been you'd been in the trenches. You'd seen some of those kinds of of horror stories that people talk about. Um, Was there a particular moment that you said, I really would much prefer to do this collaboratively than any other way? There were a number of moments and. um, I like the feeling that the clients have more control in the collaborative process and they tend to if they really um embrace the collaborative process i think many of them end up being better uh, former partners better parents as a result of the education and experience of collaborating and for me on a personal level working with other collaborators and other peacemakers was life-changing in my career um, for me personally, because it makes the work so much less antagonistic. It makes the work more positive and proactive than it felt doing it other ways. And so it's it's been a blessing for me um, as, as a career attorney to be able to use my skills in, in this way, working more with people who... Um, to embrace the collaborative process. So um, the name of this podcast is the Respectful Divorce Podcast. And what we'll talk about in uh, here at the end of, of the program is uh, Divorce with Respect Week that's coming up in, in March. But to each of you, what does it mean to divorce with respect? What does that mean? Just off the cuff, to me, it means recognizing in your divorce process that you are becoming divorced from someone you have loved, someone about you have cared, and someone you probably still have some um, relationship with if you have children. And so... Um, it enables both partners to move forward in a way that they can continue to do that. If they have children, they are still a family, even though the marriage no longer exists. And so um, that would be my my elevator version of what divorce with respect means. Yeah, Carol? Oh, there's so many things that I could say. I was thinking as Therese was talking you know, uh, there's a term that's used about litigation, and again, I'm not I'm not throwing any litigators under the proverbial bus, but it's called an adversarial process mm-hmm. uh, because that's just how the law is um, and the training. And so, to me, divorce with respect is to not see your former spouse, maybe your co-parent if there are children, as an adversary but as someone with whom you're working uh, to co-create, as I used that phrase earlier, uh, that word earlier, to co-create what you're going to be doing today, tomorrow, and way into the future so that you have a buy-in as parents 
um, and that you can hopefully, because I know what's best for kids, is that the parents can continue to respect each other as human beings and as their co-parent, because that's what's best for kids. And and Christine, from your perspective? Yeah, I think I when I think of divorcing with respect, think about what might be required for both of them to walk into the room and complete their divorce and that entire divorce process in a way that they can look back on it and hold their head high when they think about how they conducted themselves throughout that process. Um, and, you know, Carol and, and I think Therese too probably touched on the children and, and what that, you know, relationship looks like on the other side. But I think being able to look at themselves and feel that they walked through the process respectfully and that perhaps their children can look at it as a process that um, where respect was maintained um, is such a benefit. And that's kind of how I think about it. I heard, I heard somebody one time say that um, the, the, the question is, uh, if your kids, when they're grown, saw what you did during this divorce, would they be embarrassed or proud of you? Mm -hmm. That's exactly it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us today. If someone wants to contact uh, any of you, what's the best way to get a hold of you? And Teresa will let you go first. Sure. Our website is cdsoc.com, which stands for Collaborative Divorce Solutions, orangecounty.com. Um, there is contact information on the website, and that is probably the best way to do it. Okay. And and Carol and Christine and all the other members are all listed on the website so that you have the opportunity to, to, uh, to talk to any of those who have been on the show today or anyone who's a member of, uh, of Collaborative Divorce Solutions of Orange County. Um, if you'd like to learn more about Collaborative Divorce and the professionals who are members, go to uh, www.cdsoc.com. We'll have links in the show notes to the websites and also to each of our professionals uh, who have been on today's podcast to their websites. This reminder that Divorce with Respect Week is March 4th through 8th, 2024. For more information, you can go to divorcewithrespectweek.com. This is Tim Krause reminding you that collaborative divorce is a better way to untie the knot.